looking at this reading and wondering, what is it about Jesus' ministry that is similar to John the Baptist and Elijah and the prophets that would um, put in the minds of the people that, oh, this, this is John the Baptist or this is Elijah, come back. Um, why would that be the opinion of the crowds that Jesus is these characters? And obviously there's great similarities in the fact that they're, they're coming and proclaiming the word of God. They're coming and speaking on behalf of God and, and trying to teach the people. Um, perhaps there's similarities in the, the odd way they're doing that, walking out in the desert and preaching to weird crowds. Um, but a distinction that arises here is that if we look at the ministry of Elijah, um, he was preaching kind of against a lot of what the nation was doing, the, the idolatry that was going on at the time, and he saw much opposition to what he was doing. And um, while he wasn't actually put to death, he was, he was um, kind of chased out of the city by, by Jezebel and others who, who were trying to kill him because of the message that he was preaching. Um, so he wasn't actually, you could say, very successful in turning people to the Lord, turning them to the message that he was bringing. Um, John the Baptist as well, although he, he brought lots of crowds and people came to him for baptism and heard what he was, what he was kind of bringing, the message of repentance, um, the institution, the religious kind of leaders of the time certainly didn't get on board with what he was saying and um, he eventually, in speaking the truth of God's word, um, found that opposition as well and was put to death by Herod. So in both these figures you see um, not only opposition but what could seem like a, a, a failure of their mission, that it didn't, didn't lead to any kind of lasting sort of fruit and then when Peter comes up with the correct answer, as it were, to the question that you are the Christ, he's recognized that Jesus is the Messiah, the one who is God, who God has sent to bring his freedom, to bring his good news, to bring the liberation. It seems like this is in juxtaposition with this failure and opposition that Elijah and John the Baptist and the other prophets met with in their missions. And we can understand that he would think that, that Jesus is going to come, proclaim the good news, and then lead us all into freedom, and it'll be wonderful and great. Uh, so that's kind of the mind of Peter, perhaps the mind of all of the apostles. But then Jesus, on the back of Peter's confession, starts talking about going to the cross. And this, this upsets Peter because he obviously has this kind of vision in mind of what the Messiah is going to do, that it's going to be a... If, if it's the anointed one of God, surely the mission is going to be successful, you know, not um, opposed and not finished in failure. And now you're talking about going, that the, you're going to be rejected and put to death? That doesn't make any sense. And we know that that's what happens in Jesus' story. Um, so we're called, like Peter, to, to kind of recognize the, the difference from perhaps what we expect to the way that God wants to bring about um, his Savior, the way that Jesus wants to bring about our freedom. Um, it's through this unexpected path of, of rejection and opposition. But the key thing that perhaps Peter didn't notice when Jesus was talking about going to the cross, that he actually, it says that, yeah, he's talking about suffering, he's talking about being rejected and being put to death, but he also says in there that he's predicting his resurrection too. And so 
when Jesus says, I'm going to go to the cross, um, I'm going to be rejected, and my mission will seem to end in failure, it is actually going to end in life. I'm going to rise again and overcome that death and overcome that seeming failure. So while it can be hard to think that, that Jesus is bringing about our salvation in this way, um, we need to hear that he promises that it's a fruitful path, that he is still bringing about our freedom. What does that sort of mean for us, though? Um, I think it means that whereas we can, we can desire that our, our religion, our relationship with God would be all about kind of just walking in the right way, you know, just walking in the newness of life that Jesus has come to bring us, you know. We can just kind of join the, the, the glorious procession towards heaven with Jesus and walk in virtue, but um, we need to meet him in our sin. That's what Jesus, the path of Jesus' life shows us, that um, we are still to be freed from our sin, and that's how Jesus wants to meet us. This is why we have, like, the sacrament of reconciliation. Even when we celebrate Mass, we begin with the penitential rite. There's all sorts of mentions of we're not worthy and mentions of overcoming of our sin. That's a key part of our spirituality, that Jesus needs to meet us in our brokenness. But we need to remember that not only does he say that he's going to meet humanity in that brokenness and, and die, but that that's the path that, by which he leads us to new life. So let's take up Jesus' invitation to, to see that, that brokenness and sinfulness and, and the opposition even within our hearts um, so that we can meet him in that and, and through the, the life that he brings through the cross that we can be brought into that life and that freedom that he has already won for us.